0: You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. The way we talk is really interesting. And lately, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. See, apparently, when you start a podcast, you suddenly find out about every weird little quirk in your voice. Anyway, what makes someone's voice interesting to listen to? Well, recently, I came across a video on YouTube that completely changed the way I think about speech. Basically, it's a drummer and a bassist playing along to one of the most famous scenes in Willy Wonka. The,
1: the lifetime supply of chocolate for Charlie. When does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What mm-hmm. rules? We didn't see we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong!
0: Well. After hearing this, my mind tuned in on just how musical speech really is. Our voice isn't an instrument only when we're singing. It's an instrument all the time. Everyday speech has a rhythm, a timbre, and tonality. And even without thinking about it, your speech patterns are communicating a lot of underlying meaning. I talked to a few other podcasting friends about this. I wondered if they think about these things when they're tracking. Here's Helen Saltzman from The Illusionist.
2: I have to think about it consciously. I consider that a big part of my job because I want to convey some emotion and and some mood and some tone,
0: all in a couple of sentences. (laughs) And this is Martin Zaltz Ostwick from Song by Song.
3: I think everyone has to think about it. So I think it's happening intuitively rather than in a more, you're thinking consciously about the pitch and tone and rhythm in the way that you would a musical composition.
0: Just like different instruments, every voice is unique. Helen and Martin told me what other podcast hosts they love listening to.
2: I love hearing Phoebe Judge's voice. That, to me, is like hearing a really low woodwind instrument or something.
3: They went to the police, but had a hard time trying to explain what was going on and
2: getting someone to take a police report. Remember, this started in 1993, so it wasn't like today. She sounds like her thought processes are very clear, and she enunciates things in such a way.
3: She's not working stuff out in public?
2: Generally not, no. And maybe, again, it's that kind of idea that a low voice and a slow voice is confident and therefore something you can
0: trust and you should listen to. By that analogy, what would Helen's voice be if it was an instrument?
2: Synthesizer?
0: Here's a little clip from Helen's show.
2: One of my school teachers used to say disapprovingly, swearing is the sign of a small vocabulary.
0: How about the host of 99% Invisible, Roman Mars? He's like a kind of John into like Moog synth. I think.
3: This is ninety nine percent invisible. I'm Roman Mars.
0: Ira Glass, host of This American Life. Viola, I think a string instrument. Yeah, I think stringed. From WBZ Chicago to This American Life, I'm Ira Glass. What about the host of The Memory Palace, Nate DeMeo?
2: I think Nate DeMeo might be a violin, like a slow mournful violin.
0: This is The Memory Palace. I'm Nick Anytime we speak, we're singing. We unconsciously vary our rhythm and tonality to create our own unique songs. And with enough practice, you can tune this performance to have more meaning.
3: Music and speech are our two primary forms of communicating with each other in kind of rich and nuanced and complex ways.
0: That's Dr. Ani Patel, a music psychologist at Tufts University. He's been studying how music and human speech overlap in our brains.
3: One of the interesting things is that they sound very different. No one would ever confuse the sound of a cello playing a solo with the sound of a person talking. Yet what an increasing amount of research is showing is that within our brains and our minds, there's more overlap than you might think in how we process those two types of signals, whether it's the rhythm or the melody or the structure.
0: Take for example this next clip. It's a famous speech that's been turned into musical data and played by a piano. See if you can guess the speech. Here it is again, with a hint. And not
2: what your country can do for you, you and what, what you can do for your country.
0: And here's that same clip played through a digital whistle. And to be clear, the original speech file is not playing along with this. This is all data.
3: That's the power of our internal models. When we have an expectation of what we're hearing and the pattern somewhat resembles that expectation, you can then perceive that thing. When we speak with each other, we're using very complicated sound that has many frequencies. Even a single vowel has a whole bunch of different frequencies in it. They have certain patterns where certain frequencies are emphasized more than others. What that piano piece was doing was it's essentially recreating that sort of palette of frequencies and energies through piano sounds. It can't capture the way exactly a human voice does it because a piano works in a very different way. So it's using pitches and frequencies that a piano can produce to try and recreate this energy shape of a speech sound. You program like a player piano to go through these frequency shapes in a really rapid succession in the way that a voice does. Especially if you know what words to listen for, it's amazing how you can pick them out of this sound that sounds nothing like a human voice.
0: It's still not fully understood why our brains blur the line of music and speech, but there are lots of ways to trick our minds. Take, for instance, the speech-to-song illusion. Psychologist Diana Deutsch found that certain phrases, when taken out of a passage and played in a loop, began to sound like they're being sung.
3: It's such a powerful illusion that if you begin to hear a phrase is sung, and then you go back and listen to the passage from which that phrase was excerpted, the rest of it will sound like speech, but when you come to that phrase, it'll just sound like that one phrase is sung. 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 One phrase is sung when you come to that phrase, it'll just sound like that one phrase is sung, and then it goes back to speech again. It's really wild. What makes it interesting is that this doesn't happen for any phrase, so you can also find phrases that if you take them out of context and loop them, they don't sound sung at all. So something about certain sequences of words leads them to transform in this way.
0: How we choose to sing our words is powerful it adds a whole new level of human connection. The majority of the time, it's a totally subconscious act, but there are some professions where it can't be. It has to be thought about and practiced. We'll hear more about that in a moment. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now here's the easy part, selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design. And you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because, according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn and use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started: Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash 20k. This episode is sponsored by the Tools and Weapons podcast, a show that tackles the toughest challenges at the intersection of tech and society. The show is hosted by Brad Smith, the vice chair and president of Microsoft. On the show, Brad speaks with leaders in government, business, and culture about issues like cybersecurity, AI, sustainability, and human rights. On a recent episode, Brad chatted with a digital modeling expert named Eve Ubelman. His company has developed a game-changing technique for making precise digital twins of architectural spaces. In the episode, Eve tells Brad how these models can preserve endangered cultural heritage sites in pristine detail. For instance, the company used drone-captured photography and powerful AI to make a full-scale digital twin of Venice, Italy. As a city that's threatened by climate change and over tourism, these models will allow Venice to be studied and appreciated for generations to come. To stay up to date on some of the most innovative people working with AI today, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Recording your voice for a podcast, a radio show, or really anything, very much feels like a performance. There's this unconscious gray area between speech and music. I asked Helen and Martin how their hosting voices are different from their everyday voices.
2: I think conversational voice is higher, and you are also inviting a particular response from the other person.
3: Reading off a script is a completely different and hard skill from extemporizing, which is also a difficult skill. To bring a script to life is hard, like, I can't sight-read, for example. I just have to say something like five times until it's like, okay, that's sort of what the words should be.
2: I think that's common because often you're trying to find these cadences, and sometimes it's almost like scoring your spoken script. And sometimes there's an unexpected cadence that you don't work out until you've been through it a few times.
0: Of course, podcast hosts aren't the only ones who need to think about this stuff. Politicians, actors, and especially comedians have to master rhythm. Take, for example, this clip from King of the Hill.
1: I tell what you do, you just take them damn spark plugs out in that little hole, you just put a little hole around there, just like Bobby Hunter said just shock it, go boom, boom, just like that. I've been calling y'all people, better than a month now, crap about y'all, every time that dang old dog crossed, he started yapping y'all 24 hours a day, and nobody answered, you called. how are you supposed to come out there and do anything about that dog, if you're just going to get a dang old computer, ain't going to come over here and just shut that dang old dog up. My name is David Dockery, and I compose drum scores to famous TV and movie scenes on YouTube, where I synchronized the drum beats with the actor's words. I started it more or less just to kind of push myself to work on my timing, work on my musical phrasing and approach. I just saw it as a challenge more than anything else, you know, because it was bound to be timing-wise really complex because there's no meter to it, there's no pulse. So I said if I could do that, it'd surely be good for my tempo and timing.
0: But what he discovered is that there was tempo and timing in a lot of these scenes. It's just not as obvious. Once this rhythm was uncovered, it really highlighted the talent of these actors.
1: I was thinking of kind of iconic scenes that I'd seen. Because he broke the rules. We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. When people get more emotional, the rhythm just really becomes so much more pronounced. You can actually measure it right here because that is the point in the scene where I, as a drummer, kind of start having more fun, I suppose. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. I have so much more to work with in terms of Gene Wyler's delivery of those lines. It's perfectly in rhythm, I didn't have to do much with that at all, I just played a drumbeat along with it.
2: So you
3: get nothing, you lose, good day sir!
1: I think the reason that those scenes work where people are kind of at their most heated is just because they just raise their voices and that always means it suits drums more because they're just by nature a really loud, obnoxious instrument. When people kind of get really heated up about stuff, I think they tend to just employ more rhythm in their voice.
3: Excited speech is faster. It's more variable in timing and dynamics.
0: Again, that's Dr. Ani Patel.
3: Sad speech is quiet. It's slow. It's less pitch variation. When we talk about rhythm in speech, one thing that's important to realize is that we're not talking about a steady beat you could tap your foot to, and that's kind of obvious in some sense, right? We don't dance to ordinary speech. But linguists will tell you that speech has rhythm. The way that syllables are patterned in time, the way accents are put on words, the way phrases are created, all have a characteristic pattern in a given language. That's rhythm. Same with melody. Where we put the pitch accent, how many words tend to get emphasized using pitch, When you put those two together, you end up with a very characteristic sound. The starkest contrast is between a happy voice and a sad voice.
1: Romantic reunions, government meetings, self-guided museum tours. I mean, am I living the dream? I don't know. Did I also just walk past a food
0: truck and buy myself a waffle sundae? Yes.
3: You can hear it in their voice. It's fast, it's a lot of pitch variability. The voice has a bright kind of timbre to it.
0: I don't
2: know. Are you okay? No,
1: I'm sad.
3: What are you hearing that lets you read that emotion? Well, their voice is quieter, it's slower, there's much less pitch variation, it has a darker kind of timbre to it.
0: The music of our speech works in tandem with our words. Together, they raise communication to another level and, arguably, to a more natural level. But lately, our world has been moving away from this. We now tend to text, email, or comment on social media largely without our voices. And sometimes, it actually feels kind of weird just to call someone. What are we losing when we don't communicate with our voice?
2: What is the best way to convey how we speak but in a readable form? I really don't know, you almost need the words and then like a little graph of emotion to overlay it, so with the intonation.
3: I just think there's so much in the English language where you can completely change the meaning of a sentence just by the way that you say it. We have to remember that humans, over many hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, have become extremely attuned to the sounds of each other's voices and pulling out nuances and reading these kinds of signals that we give each other through our voices. And When we communicate through texts or through email, we're just not using that. And so cutting off that rich part of how we read each other's emotions, feelings, intentions, thoughts, moods, and so on. I think part of that is this emotional connection that happens when you hear a voice as opposed to just reading a silent message.
0: 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the studios of De facto Sound, a sound design and mix team that supports ad agencies, filmmakers, television networks, and video game publishers. If you work in these fields, be sure to drop us a note at hi at sound.com.
1: This episode was written and produced by Katie Daly.
0: And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly.
1: It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Con DeVarney.
0: Thanks to Helen Zaltzman from The Illusionist and Martin Zaltz-Ostwick from Song by Song. You should immediately go subscribe to both of those podcasts. Martin also makes music under the name Pale Bird. Check out his music on Bandcamp or martinzaltzostwick.com. Also, thanks to Dr. Ani Patel of Tufts University and David Dockery. You can find more videos of David drumming to film and TV scenes by searching David Dockery on YouTube. The clip of the drumming and bass guitar you heard at the top of the episode was from Fabiano Mexicano's YouTube channel. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. They represent more than 650 great artists ranging from indie rock and hip-hop to classical and electronic. Head over to music.20k.org to hear our exclusive playlist. You can find us all over the internet by searching 20,000 Hertz. That's 20,000 Hertz all spelled out. We'd love to hear from you, especially your actual voice. If you want to tell us something, record it as a voice memo and email it to hi20 at korg Thanks for listening.